more top of market money being handed out to wide receivers. How does this make us view the Packers decision and ultimately Devontae Adams decision to move on from Green Bay and the things that led to it? Plus, we use that as a lens through which to view the Packers offense without Devontae Adams. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Terry McLaurin got a big new contract. He is just the latest of the receivers this offseason to get a big new contract. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, among others, DK Metcalf, going to get a big new contract. And I think the idea that Christian Kirk reset the market is a little bit overblown. Devontae Adams, last August, was talking about wanting to be the highest paid receiver in the league. Brian Gutekind said, we want to make him the highest paid receiver in the league. We just disagree on what those numbers are. You can go back to listen to our shows in July and August. Uh, and when they were surprisingly honest, remember last summer was the summer of honesty in Green Bay. When Brian Gutekind said, we want Devontae Adams to be here. We want to give him what he is owed, which is a top of market contract. We just disagree on what that means. Devontae wanted 28. It seems like he wanted the DeAndre Hopkins fake number. The Packers wanted to give him something less, 23, 24, 25 a year, and they were not able to get an agreement done, in in part because the Packers were not willing to give Devontae Adams what he wanted that fall, that summer, when it was the summer of unrest and ultimately the summer of honesty, Debo Samuel. He's going to break all these numbers. He's going to get a bigger number than all these people. And, and DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel are, are squinting at each other, waiting for them to make a move because each one wants the other to get paid so that they can go and say, I want $1 more. I want more than that guy got. AJ Brown got his new contract. And now everyone's getting 20 million plus, 22, 23, 25. Now, some of these millions are fake because these guys are not going to see the $40 million deals in the last years of their contract. We have to understand that. That's part of this. But right now, the Devontae Adams contract looks like a bargain. It just looks, he's the best or even just generously to everyone else. A, a no doubt lock top three receiver in the league. It's Cooper Cup. It's Devontae Adams. Frankly, I think there's a gap after that, but you could argue that the, the, the Jamar Chases and Justin Jeffersons of the world are right there. And I think if Justin Jefferson has another awesome season, if Jamar Chase has another awesome season, then they're right in that mix. They're in that tier. But I think there are two receivers who are just frankly better than everyone else. I think DeAndre Hopkins showed last year. He's probably not in that tier anymore. And guys like DK Metcalf, not there yet. I don't think Debo Samuel has solidified himself there yet. One great season does not put you in that tier necessarily. 
more to the point. I think the fact that now that money looks, relatively speaking, like a deal, like a bargain, like good value, puts into perspective the decision that was made last offseason to not get this deal done. And Ian Rappaport, who is not just out here throwing hot takes, he's not a flamethrower, he's not just going to say stuff off the rip because he feels like it, he said that if the Packers had offered Devontae Adams the contract that the Raiders ultimately offered him or what they eventually offered him, because remember, the Packers were willing to give Devontae Adams everything the Raiders were and potentially more. Devontae wanted out by that point, just did not want to be there. Ian Rappaport said that the relationship could have been fixed if the Packers last summer had said, here is the money. Now, there are a couple ways that that we can read that and a couple ways we have read that over the last couple months. And there are some people who have argued that you absolutely have to have Devontae Adams. And so they should have just paid it. He's the best receiver in the league. That was true after 2020. There was no reason to question it. He had been durable over the last few seasons, although, you know, had missed some time. You missed a month in 2019, missed some time in 2020, 2020. So, you know, whatever, I think to a certain degree, star players are going to miss time. You live with it. I don't think that was the reason they didn't give him the money. I think the reason they didn't give him the money is, number one, they did not have a clear financial picture of the future of Aaron Rodgers. And as a result, it becomes very difficult to put these contracts together. It becomes very difficult when when you don't know. And, and the Packers, remember, the Packers also didn't know what the, what the CBA, what the revenue share was going to look like in 2021. They're coming off a COVID season. Where revenues are way down, there's no fans in the sands, there's money issues, there's cash flow issues. We can't forget that part of it. So you, you, you understand, I think, a little bit more of where they're coming from. Like, hey, Devontae, look, we want to give you this contract. And, and presumably they did, and Brian Gutekind said they did. Let's take him at his word for now that they wanted to get this done. The lack of... Clarity about the Aaron Rodgers future is part of this now. They could have operated as, okay, this is the last year of Aaron Rodgers, and in a year, he's going to get traded, and because that's where it seemed like this was headed, July, August, presumably when, when the meat of these contract negotiations were being done last year. They could have just functioned under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers would not be back. Now, I think the Packers, to their credit, believed this was a relationship that was salvageable and that should be salvageable and that they should move heaven and earth to salvage it. And by the way, that has nothing to do with Jordan Love. I get so sick of this idea that the Packers, if they thought Jordan Love was going to be good, that they should move on from Aaron Rodgers. Here is the only thing we can take relative or concerning Jordan Love about the Packers' decision to try and do everything they can to mend their relationship with Aaron Rodgers. They do not think Jordan Love is as good as Aaron Rodgers is right now, or next year, or the year after that, probably. 
And certainly they didn't think he was last year. They didn't think he was this year. And they think he's probably not going to be next year. Guess what? 30, 30, probably 31 at least. Uh, 30 at least. Probably 31 at least. Other teams. I keep screwing that up, but you get what I'm saying? Think the same way about their quarterback. They're not as good as Aaron Rodgers. Like the Chiefs probably think they have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers. The Bucs might think they have a quarterback as good as Aaron Rodgers. No one else really has a discussion right now. Justin Herbert is not there yet. Joe Burrow is not there yet. And, and frankly, no one else after that is even close. It's Mahomes, it's Rodgers, it's Brady, and it's the rest of the league. Un- until further notice. It has nothing to do with Jordan Love. Okay. So, Aaron Rodgers, again, and I think this is important, his clouded future prevented the Packers from having clarity about their future, about their financial future, and so did COVID and all that stuff. And so if this was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, if Devontae Adams knew, think back to the last dance now, if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers both believed, look, this is it, then that Instagram post makes a little more sense, right? The last dance. They didn't pay it off the same way that Jordan and Pippen did. That was going to be the joke all along if that is what happened. And that is, in fact, what happened. So this this for Green Bay, you know, I don't even think we need to get to the, oh, what does this mean about Jordan Love? Because you'd, you'd like to have Devontae Adams on one hand because he helps your young quarterback that you're invested in their success. But on the other hand, um, do you want to pay $25 million a year for a receiver when Jordan Love is his quarterback and you don't know anything about Jordan Love. How much does Devontae Adams elevate your team? I think that says more to me about Aaron Rodgers and what they think about Rodgers. I think that's what we take away from their unwillingness to pay Devontae Adams last year and their willingness to trade him this, this offseason says the most of all the things it says about everyone, the most about their faith in Aaron Rodgers and his ability to elevate his supporting cast. Here is the beauty of it. Now, this season, we get to see if they're right. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts? Why Why would you do that? A Honda Odyssey fuel pump, for example, $353 at a chain store. It's $216 on Rock Auto. Same pump, same deal. And yet, it's not the same deal, not the same price, certainly. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So I want to I want to push this Devontae Adams conversation forward a little bit because you know we 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 talked the other day about what the defense needed to do to make up for whatever step the offense was going to take in the wrong direction, the regression that we felt was coming. And I got some pushback from people, YouTube commenters, you know, the the notoriously even-handed uh YouTube commenters that are out there. 
And uh, that that the offense was not going to take a step back, that everything was going to be fine, that the Packers were going to make this all work there and all that stuff. OK, fine. I, I think that's possible. I don't think it's the likeliest outcome, but I certainly think it's possible. So I was having a conversation with a with a Lockdown Packers listener and I tweeted about this. And he made me think of this sort of counterfactual. And it was, okay, Devontae Adams traded in Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr. And if we're going to use a car example, you know, you're, you're trading in your Maserati or Ferrari for, you know, like a, a nice, a nice car, you know, Chevy Tahoe, I mean, like slightly used. And I, it, okay, so if we were going to get a one-to-one comparison on let's let's try and measure the impact of these two players on the other, right? So if you're Devontae Adams and now you have Derek Carr, what caliber of player would you need to give Aaron Rodgers to replace Devontae Adams where that flip is perfect? Where, where you're, okay, you're taking this A-plus receiver and you're taking a B to B-plus quarterback Okay, bang, who is the B to B-plus receiver that you give to the A-plus quarterback to make this swap sort of perfect? And I'm, I'm going to, exp- this is not just some thought experiment. This is, I'm going to give you the reasoning why I think this is relevant in a second. And I put this out on the Twitter machine. And I got a lot of interesting responses. I think I got a lot of, of answers that I like. What I discovered is that a lot of people think Derek Carr is a lot worse than I think he is. I think Derek Carr is a nice quarterback. I think he is somewhere between the 8th and 14th best quarterback in the league. I think there is a tier of guys, as I mentioned. There's that superstar tier. There's that next tier. Mike Sando can help me out on the quarterback tiers. The Burroughs, the Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, the Russell Wilsons in that tier. And then there's the tier where it's the Kirk Cousins, the Derek Carrs, the Dak Prescotts, the Matt Ryans. He's in that tier. Some people are going to think that that's crazy. I don't, I don't think it is. And if you look at the numbers, by the way, they back me up. Somewhere between 8 and 14 over the last couple of years. And that's without Devontae Adams. So who is the analogous receiver? Some people said Christian Kirk. And I was like, well, no. Derek Carr is a good quarterback that half the league would probably trade their starters for. Half the league would rather would say we'd probably have Derek rather have Derek Carr independent of cost than the guy that that we have. You know, if you're if you're the Eagles, you'd rather have Derek Carr than Jalen Hurts. If you're Washington, you'd rather have Derek Carr than Carson Wentz. If you're the Giants, you'd rather have Derek Carr than Daniel Jones, right? You know, in Pittsburgh. They'd certainly rather have Derek Carr than the guy that they have. I think the Dolphins would rather have Derek Carr than Tua. We don't have to go through every team on the list. You know, the Patriots, Mac Jones is cheap, and so that is helpful, and he's he's just a second-year player, but Derek, Derek Carr is better than Mac Jones. I don't think there's any question about that. You look at NFC teams, Derek Carr is better than Jameis Winston. He's better than whoever's going to start for the Falcons. He's, he's better than whoever's going to start in Carolina. I just named half the league. He's better than whoever's going to start in Seattle, better than anyone who's going to start in Chicago or Detroit. You know, TBD on Justin Fields, but what we've seen from Justin Fields so far, Derek Carr's definitely better than that guy. So then it has to be a receiver like, you know, a little bit of age, maybe a little underrated, a guy that some people think is overrated. And the Keenan Allen was the name that initially came to mind, but I think Keenan Allen at his peak 
was too good. Keenan Allen, his peak was like the fifth or sixth best receiver in the league. I don't think Derek Carr has ever been that. So the name that I landed on was Tyler Lockett. Why is that interesting? Why am I doing this? Why am I torturing myself with this analogy? Is it this is this just off-season content? Are we just filling time? No. Well, yes and no. <laughs> we are in fact filling content, but I'm not having this discussion just to fill content. The reason I like the Tyler Lockett comparison is number one, I've been advocating for Tyler Lockett for what three months since the trade happened, basically. I was like, wait until post-June 1. Now Seattle has said. We're trying to win games. You know, I think they're going to eventually trade for Baker Mayfield um, at some point. And if they don't, they're going to find out by mid-October that Drew Locke ain't it. And then I think they have to look themselves in the mirror because they're going to have to pay DK Metcalf a boatload. They've got this Tyler Lockett contract. Is he someone that at the deadline becomes available? Could the Packers go out and swoop? And could he make this easy? If the Packers offense misses no beats with Tyler Lockett, I think that tells you who is making who better, right? Robbie Anderson. Doesn't seem like Robbie Anderson wants to be in Carolina anymore. Go get Robbie Anderson if you can. Packers already wanted to get Robbie Anderson. Is that someone you could get at the deadline to come in and make your team a little bit better? You know what? A lot of people said Sammy Watkins. Ty Dunn did a great piece yesterday for Go Long. Go check that out and go check out our conversation from last Friday, our Summer Friday conversation about Sammy Watkins. And I think that is an interesting comp. Sammy Watkins at his in his prime, maybe. Bill's Sammy Watkins, maybe even Ram Sammy Watkins is a, is a decent car comp. I think car is, is better now than, than Sammy Watkins has been the last two or three seasons. But maybe the best of Sammy Watkins, he can be the... 16th best receiver in the league or 16th most productive receiver in the league. If he plays 16 games, which by the way, he's done one time in his career, I think um, it's pretty unlikely that that happens. Probably gives you that kind of productivity. But this is, this is what I'm thinking of. This is why I'm thinking of that. The Packers, in order to backfill the productivity from Devontae Adams, I don't think they need the A plus productivity. And this is before you get to the idea of, you know, I got a great question in my, my Twitter DMs from someone about third downs. How do you think the third downs and the red zone changes without Devontae Adams? And I said, in a major way. And it, it's going to make you have to be more multiple. It's going to make you have to be more creative. It's going to make you have to figure things out on the fly a little bit differently. But you're not going to have um, double coverage on, on one guy all the time. And it's not going to shut down half the field in that way. Until someone else proves that they can beat you, I think the teams are going to play a lot of two-shell, a lot of man coverage, and say, we dare you to beat us. And the Packers are going to have to have answers. Now, in 2020, they did. In 2020, they killed teams that wanted to play man against them. They had man beaters for days. Dusty Evely, our pal, has written extensively about the million variations of mesh that the Packers ran just to try and create, create a separation to create opportunities for yards after catch. They're going to have to do all of that stuff. If you're able to manufacture the kind of productivity that gives you essentially Tyler Lockett level production, doesn't have to be from one guy, but from a group of guys, Alan Lazard gets a little bit better. Randall Cobb stays a little bit healthier, and he's going to be integrated in the offense from the jump. Amari Rodgers gives you 
something, anything offensively. And then Christian Watson comes in. He's part, he's got to be part of that solution to give you this Tyler Lockett level productivity. Romeo dubs. Like I said, Al Nazar takes a little bit of a step forward. That I think makes this offense, I wouldn't say regression proof, but if you get that, then they don't have to regress. I really believe that because I think the offensive line improvements and and we we can't take for granted that David Bakhtiari is just going to be healthy until training camp. If he's out there in training camp, I'm no longer worried about it. We're fine. Everything's fine. Ellen Jenkins is going to be back. He's he's younger than David Bakhtiari was when he had his injury. He seems to be ahead of where David Bakhtiari was at this point in his injury. Um, and so he's going to be back on the field. And if those guys are back on the field, regardless of what happens at that right guard spot. I'm still not convinced it's going to be Royce Newman. I certainly am not convinced it's going to be Royce Newman for eight to 10 to 12 games of the season. I think one of Sean Ryan or Zach Tom is going to beat him out at some point, but I think they're going to run the ball much more effectively. I think big Bob Tunyon, who who is slated to be ready to open the season or, or hopefully slated to be ready to open the season. There is, there is hope and, and maybe even dare I say expectation that that turns out to be the case that this offense can can ham and egg its way to the kind of productivity that that you would want. The Tyler Lockett level of productivity. Now, no one has to be Tyler Lockett again for that to be the case, but you need some big plays. You need to find some reliability on third downs. These are, these are by the way, not small asks. I, I, I don't want to make it seem like this is just a given that this can happen. This is going to take some creativity. It's going to take really good coaching. It's going to take internal development. It's going to take Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and Amari Rogers getting on the same page with Aaron Rodgers in a hurry. It's going to mean Randall Cobb doing something that he hasn't done in, in a couple of years, and that is stay healthy. By the way, Alan Lazard, sneaky, has not been able to, to play full seasons, has had injury issues of his own, missed games with COVID, etc. Now, that's not going to be, we don't think, an issue this season. So this is not a given by any means. I don't think we should treat it that way. I'm certainly not treating it that way. I'm just saying, I think that gives us a good sort of measuring stick. If you're not getting Devontae Adams level production from anyone, okay, that's fine. But how much do you still need? And I think it is that sort of Tyler Lockett level. You need someone who can threaten the defense deep. You need someone who can run those intermediate routes. And you need someone who can who can run underneath. That is the geometry of this offense that makes it all work. I think that's true of any offense. But I, you, what you can't do is have to totally remake this offense and play the way you did against the Cardinals, where it's screens every play and it's jet sweeps and it's 30 runs a game and it's Aaron Rodgers with an A dot of three. Like you can't play offense that way. So you just need what you need is to make the pieces fit. Alan Lazard is a blocker. You got to you got to keep doing that. And then you got to give me something more. Christian Watson, you're going to have to step right in. And be able to and threaten teams down the field. Randall Cobb and, and and Amari Rogers, the combination of you two guys, you're gonna have to win from the slot, create yards after catch. Big Bob Tunyon, you gotta stay healthy, buddy, and, and you gotta win in the middle of the field. Like that is what they need. I know this seems, you know, when when you when you lay it out that way, you go, oh, wait, so you you mean you need the players to to do good and you need to have them help the team? Yeah, but you don't need them to be stars. You don't need anyone to be stars. You don't even need anyone to be like borderline Pro Bowl. You just need guys who can play their roles, who can make things fit. And Matt LaFleur has talked about this. And I love that Matt LaFleur thinks this way as well, because what he wants is guys to play roles at a high level. He wants high level role players. 
Because your star is Aaron Rodgers. And your star is your offensive line. You think about this like a basketball team. You've got your stars. Matt LaFleur is part of the star. you got your system, Matt LaFleur. you got your superstar scorer, your LeBron James and Aaron Rodgers. Your offensive line and your running backs, you know, your running backs, like those are like super high level rebounder, defender types. Your offensive linemen, you know, I don't, can't, I can't, I don't have a great example for that. Maybe, maybe your, your pass first point guard who doesn't give you a lot of offense just sets guys up. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good metaphor. And then you've got your role players, your bench scorers, your defenders, the guys that just fit in. That's what you need from this receiver group. Make open shots when they're there. Create after the catch when you can. If it's a three-on-two fast break, you got to get a bucket. That's what they need from this receiver group. They don't need the superstar productivity, but they do need the pass catchers to be productive without having to change everything about your offense. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, Major League Baseball. We've got golf. We've got MMA, we've got racing, all kinds of stuff still. There's NFL futures to bet on, NBA futures to bet on. Bet Online is your source for all of your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and more. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports events. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in on the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because the offseason doesn't mean a break in the action. All right, we're going to be back on Friday, a Summer Friday conversation coming up on deck. We've got a new piece up from Jason Hirshhorn on The Leap today, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. So go check that out. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up in the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.